folks. Grab a seat and pour your drink neat as Whiskers and Whiskies presents OTA's Hard Knocks Review. As always, I'm Mike. Oh, wait, no. Uh, I'm EJ. Uh, as you can tell, Mike is uh, out on vacation. I hope I did that well, but uh, welcome back, Joe. Joe is uh, is um, back from his uh, mini hiatus. Uh, how's it going? Yeah, I'm back from the uh, summer vacation that we didn't plan to have, uh, which is COVID. We're feeling good. We're back into the swing of things, negative PTO. So everything's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that sounds great. And as uh, you guys uh, that follow us on on Instagram saw Mike uh, shirtless on the beach Friday with his uh, Pac-12 preview. So obviously he is on clearly on vacation um, with all of his uh, chest hairs out there. But um, yeah, it's just going to be uh, Joe and I rocking through episode two of Hard Knocks. Um so Joe, obviously you weren't on last week. So uh, I just have a couple of questions that I asked Mike that I, obviously I might as well ask you. So before uh, this series, had you ever watched any of the other seasons of Hard Knocks? I've not. No, I kind of wish I had because I, I like the concept. I think it's interesting to kind of go behind the scenes. I was a little skeptical to see what it actually looked like. Like, are they only showing positive things? Are they only showing uh what's juicy but it seemed like they did a pretty good job so yeah the answer is no i have not watched any other teams but um i thought they did a pretty good job with, with the the lions so i i'm almost tempted to go back and watch some of the other seasons just to see how they compare and see what the other teams looked like yeah like what i was telling um mike last week was i've only seen one other season and it was last year and i only Except got the cowboys through, yeah i only got through a couple episodes and it was one of those things where it's like it, I'm a big football fan um, and I watch beyond just my team. And it was one of those things where I was like, why I have HBO max. Like, why don't I just watch it? Um, and I, it was just a combination of they don't have anyone interesting. McCarthy's about as exciting as a wet blanket and yeah. like Dak and Zeke really don't have big personalities either. Um, and especially that first episode was just so heavily, focused on uh Dak coming back from his leg injury oh, the, rightfully yeah, yeah. so right like obviously sure. it was a big big issue but um yeah so this is actually like the first time I'm going to go through an entire series obviously I think us being fans of the team helps um sure. but I personally think obviously Dan Campbell's pretty pretty darn entertaining and so was a lot of these um these uh staff members so um yeah it's been fun so okay um i guess just uh let's see here going looking through my old uh notes here but i i don't know about you i and i've expected it and you're gonna have a lot more um context with this because you also listen to like you know detroit radio and, mm -hmm. um, and sports radio but the uh how, how do you feel about like these these car montages at the beginning uh, like you know <laughs> yeah there's not really any way around it like what are they gonna right. what else are they gonna do i mean, I mean they're gonna be in the jungle and lions pouncing and i don't know so it is what it is like i feel like we growing up though in in michigan you kind of are you're already used to that because like yeah. everything's kind of geared around it um whether it's the Pistons or the the Lions, it's kind of new. I feel like the Red Wings, the Pistons, I mean, the Tigers have all kind of had some kind of car uh, theme in the past, at least growing up for, for us. So nothing new, but it is very cheesy and <laughs> it is what it is. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like every, every, they have to pick something to kind of base it on. So it's not right. surprising. If it's Pittsburgh, it's the steel city and they're mm -hmm. going to show some steel mills. Like, yeah, I guess for us, you know, anytime Detroit's nationally, you know, talked about yeah, it's um, all automotive, right. You know, it's to be expected, but I wasn't expecting, like, I'm pretty sure it was a new, a new, uh, assembly line video than the first episode. I think it was a was little it? different. I, I think so. I might be wrong. Um, but uh yeah and I, one thing i did uh, kind of flag was uh when they have that like um that opening intro and it has mm -hmm. campbell and i can't remember the other the like walking players in. yeah walking in when he gets out of the car he has zero neck <laughs> like dude yeah i Actually, don't know it was just the way he got out of the car but he was just like look thick yeah speaking of him uh it's kind of a, a tangent but it's it's definitely relevant um, I just listened to Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson on Boston with the boys. I don't yeah. know if you listen to that. 
Uh, I listened talking about, to bits and pieces. Yeah, so they were talking about whether who would win in a fight with all the coaches and rating the coaches. And they basically had Vrabel and Campbell as one and two. And there was a mix, kind of mixed emotions on who would win. But Hawkinson said uh, that that Campbell is jacked, but he don't he doesn't believe he's worked out once since he's taken on this position. So wow. I, <laughs> I mean, he's doing uptowns. Those yeah. will, those will do it. Forty of them. Wow, that's crazy. And obviously, on Bussin, it you know it's Taylor Lewan, so mm-hmm. he's obviously going to have an opinion for Vrabel and sure. and everything. But yeah, I mean those those are just two people you just don't want to mess with. Like they did, they did, they did mention they caveated. Is it wrestling, a wrestling match, or a fist, or a, like a street fight? And they said, sure. I think they kind of determined Vrabel would want, win in wrestling, and uh, Campbell would win in a street fight. Not sure how they determined that, but maybe uh, the weight. I wonder if it was by dong size because that's also they definitely talked about that as well. And <laughs> not, I actually not relevant to the lions. Surprised but. to hear they mentioned in that episode. I don't know if you caught that. They when Harbaugh was on, I guess Will Compton asked him, "Hey, uh, when you're in the showers, I don't know if he meant with the guys in the Michigan or if he meant before when in his pro days or college days. Yeah. You uh, peek a look at the guys in the in the showers or or not? And he, they, I guess Lawan was kind of like Taylor Lawan was a little bit uh, kind of taken back. Like we were trying to keep this PG, but Will went for it. So they, what, did, uh, what did Harbaugh say? Like, I can't imagine. I think him. he just, I think he just kind of laughed it off. I don't yeah. think he really answered. Yeah. Like, how do you can't really. <laughs> yep. I'm looking at these players dongs all day long. <laughs> yeah. Aiden Hutchinson. He's uh, yeah, he's packing. So no, right. they can't do that. I mean, uh, it's funny, but same time. Yeah gets a little weird with like with a 50 60 year old man sure yeah when it's like you know when it's a young dude that's their age or contemporary yeah. like it's different but yeah even yeah. even if it was like a cool coach i can't imagine they were actually going to answer that even if they have an answer so i've got a question for you before we keep going any further where sure. what do you what are you drinking there um yeah so uh you we know, are in the uh, off season so we're not super strict on the rules for this these episodes so no. go ahead and let us know yeah, yeah, and I've had um, a few. Uh, so last week I just did a beer. I think uh, that's right. I did Stroh's. Um, mm-hmm. okay. Took a took a break from whiskey, but um, as we were talking before we started recording here, I've had a few um, household appliances die on me, including a fridge and an entire HVAC system, which is really fun. So uh, yeah, that cool. turned me back to the whiskey, um, a pretty big pour. But yeah, just drinking this Macallan Twelve uh, that uh, Mike. Where'd you get that? Uh, yeah, uh, that was from Mike drafting Georgia Tech and oh. Maryland and Rutgers in a college football realignment. Mm-hmm. Um, not not very, very good on his part, but um, it is delicious. Uh, I'm not a big scotch guy because I don't like uh, a lot of peat or smokiness. So typically I, I stick with Glen Morangi because it's a, a little fruitier of a scotch. But um, this one is on the rocks or are you drinking it neat? Uh, on the rocks, but I don't have very many uh, ice cubes left in my freezer. So it was, Work with it it was, yeah, it was very close to being. So I, I've been uh, influenced by Anna, my wife. She is a. Uh, You're all blurry. There you go. There you go. Uh, this is a uh, actual whiskey or bourbon or whatever enthusiasts are not going to be thrilled about this, but this is a screwball peanut butter whiskey. Uh, she she loves it, but. Yeah, we, we, we drink it here and there. It's super easy to drink. And especially when you're just hanging out watching. We just got done watching uh, Apple TV. We were watching Blackbird. Mm. You, you seen it? No. Um, I, I That's the one like streaming service I don't have. And I know mm. there's like Severance everyone loves. Yeah, I've heard I, good I just, things. I was just listening to Ben Stiller on um, Armchair Expert. Uh, oh, yeah. So now it's now I feel like I need to, to get it. I, yeah, I so had some nice. like free... Uh, trial trials with all the apple products we have but i think i've let them expire. i think i think if you do something with i want to say target you might have some connection to apple i don't know but anyway yeah blackbird highly recommend we're only on episode three of i think it's five or six okay but it's like a one season series it reminds me of like true detective a little bit okay um but yeah very highly recommend so far all right yeah we'll definitely have to uh all right what other questions you got um yeah, I don't I don't know that I have any off the bat. I think I have a couple sprinkled in here um, okay. because, yeah, obviously, like, um, I, I mean, I guess I can ask you, even though I feel like I, I know the answer, but the listeners don't <clears throat> um, has you, you the two of us have obviously gotten a lot more like um, 
you know, me, have followed a lot more media coverage of Dan Campbell being fans of the Lions than mm-hmm. like Mike being a Steelers fan. So I asked him kind of what he thought of Dan Campbell beforehand. Um, and then now that he had seen an episode or, you know, or two of, of Dan Campbell, what he thought. So I guess I'll just ask you the same thing. Like now that it's week or year two um, and you've seen just the regular interviews throughout <clears> the regular <throat> season and now uh, two episodes of a little bit more behind the scenes. Um, and how he interacts with with all the players and stuff. So has your mind like set changed on him? Um, obviously, caveating that like wins you have to win, right? Ultimately, yeah. that's the bottom line. But I guess like what were your thoughts on him prior to watching Hard Knocks and mm-hmm. did that change at all um, over these last two episodes? So prior to Hard Knocks, I think the kind of national image of him is just bite kneecaps. He, I think he cried maybe halfway through the season because the, the team wasn't wasn't performing, wasn't getting the wins that honestly that they deserved. They were winning by or losing by a point or two every week, and honestly, yeah. that's got to be so hard. So from my perspective, I think he's pretty much exactly what we thought. Um, he's emotional. He's he's into it like he is all or nothing and he's all in so i think yeah i think he's he's a guy that they want to play for and i think that's showing in hard knocks he's you know a player's coach he was a player he it was damn near cried when he was addressing the team telling them that he cares about them and that's all he thinks about um i think that's kind of what the difference is and and hawkinson actually talked about a little bit when in the other podcast um i think he cares he has emotions he's he's a real dude he's not just x's and o's not just wins and losses i think that's the difference between between him and patricia um and and hopefully that translates to the to the field to the win column but that's the big thing and honestly even if it doesn't even if they have the same record as patricia like it's you sleep better knowing that someone like that is kind of at the helm um but they're definitely getting pieces in place. They're on their way. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But I think he's he's I think he's the right guy as of now. He's saying all the right things. He's doing the right things. It seems like. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's gotta it's gotta translate to the win column. Yeah, I mean, I, I really can't. I, I think one of the biggest takeaways I've had so far is I really don't think you can discount like the credibility he has and, and a, a lot of these assistants, right. Mm-hmm. Cause I think oh, yeah. like 90% of them played in the league. I don't know about um, Ben Johnson, um, mm-hmm. but I, I really think because he genuinely has like their physical and mental like health, as far as like knowing, I know I'm pushing you hard. And I know if I do this, I need to give you a rest. I, I feel like that was one of the bigger criticisms of Patricia was just uh pushing too hard and not really understanding what the toll, like the toll it takes on um, their bodies. And even when he is pushing extra hard, which is fine, right? Like sometimes you have to do that. I think he even says that he says, I'm doing this to make sure you're healthy for the season. Cause if we don't, these injuries could happen now, or they could happen later, or if we are kind of ease into it, then hopefully they won't happen at all. Right. And I think with Patricia, when he would push so hard, he didn't have that credibility to fall back on as Mm -hmm. in like, I know what this is doing to you, but I promise it'll be worth it. And I think like, I think there was a a myriad of reasons why he failed and why people didn't like him. But I think I've also, I've also heard that Patricia, the diff, one of the biggest differences with them is when times got tough and they racked up these losses Patricia ran them even harder right. or, or kind of dug in and said, all right, sprint, sprint, sp- like run these suicides, whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas I think Campbell is just even keel. He's got a game plan for the whole season, regardless of wins, losses, like we are going to do this and that's, what's going to work for us. It doesn't right. matter. You know, win loss doesn't matter. We're still sticking to our game plan. And I feel like Patricia said he was doing that, but I don't think he actually did that. No, or he just kind of disciplined them, right? Like it yeah, was something like, they like, were like goofing off or something where it, that's not the case, right? Like, yeah, it definitely seems like, like they're having a lot more things. fun this, the past couple of years, at least from hard knocks and from even from social media or whatever. Yeah. It seems like they're, I don't know if it's just the personalities or what, but they're definitely having more fun and want to be there. I mean, look at Tracy Walker. He came back. He could have gone for bigger money. 
gone somewhere else. He came back. He wanted to win here. I think he liked the culture. I think he liked, you know, the coaching staff. So and zero chance Jamal Williams plays for Patricia. Like zero chance because he just wouldn't have been allowed to be himself. himself. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I agree with you. I think that's how I was like, I've never, since I've been like really paying attention, I've never wanted a coaching staff to work out so badly. And it's not just because obviously if they work out, that means Alliance wins. Like sure. it's fine, but just like, just likable personalities. They're so likable. Yeah. They, they, especially Campbell because he was on the Owen 16 team. Like he mm-hmm. really understands the the same old lions and he really understands like the real struggle behind the city and the team so mm-hmm. i i've never wanted someone to just work out so bad but ultimately like you gotta win games so yeah we shall see um okay so other things that i kind of noted here on this intro was what the fuck was that song that they were playing like that weird 70s like go 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 detroit like song like oh was that in like the montage kind of yeah thing? like i, I don't I know never yeah. even heard of it. like obviously again we're you know grew up in in michigan and we've heard every kind of commercial and 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 thing was related to detroit sports i've never ever heard that in my life yeah it i'm was guessing so that was just some seven sixties, seventies 70s uh commercial or kind of i don't know rally song that they had yeah i've never heard it so yeah it's interesting i mean that's kind of cool to hear to see that stuff and like if i mean i would assume it was legit like they didn't just make it up for this but mm-hmm. um yeah i've never never heard of that before so yeah kind of cool I, to see it through the years like kind of how like fans supporting and i mean yeah it's not a not a, a you know it's not a mystery that there's been some bad teams and that there's been a lot of struggle uh but it's cool to see them kind of paint the, the city in a a, a positive light and kind of up and coming yeah yeah i uh i i did and i think they're gonna expand on this much much more i hope so if they don't it's a huge missed opportunity but showing frank rag now fishing um mm-hmm. lions fans know like that dude is just about as midwestern as you can get grew up in minnesota um and huge fisherman like that's like his off season is yeah, going to like alaska and, and all sorts of stuff so yeah he's I got think, his own youtube channel and all that yeah so i think that's definitely it was cool to see him yeah because he's not a very like you know he's a pretty quiet dude mm-hmm. um cool to see him in his element i hope they have more footage i did of, see um, i, I kind of hope they get into it i saw he posted recently on social media that he has a cabin i don't know where it is and obviously it wasn't like tagged saying where it was but sure it's his fishing cabin he said it's his favorite place to go and you have to either fly or take a boat to get there i don't know if it's on an island or what if it's yeah. like superior or like like michigan or what but interesting um it, it was just this tiny little cabin and and i'm sure he goes up there just probably all off season and fish is yeah. like crazy yeah yeah i feel like he's that guy that has like you know, bench presses like wood, you know, in between reels, you know, still because he still stays in shape. But yeah, I feel like yeah. his off season is just nothing but fishing. Yeah, he's got a good story, too. I know he, he was big with his dad. He used to fish a lot with him and he passed away and yeah, and uh, kind of kept the tradition going and started his YouTube channel. So it was kind of cool to, to see that stuff, too. Hopefully they'll um, touch on it. Yeah. And one other thing I, I, I mean, I just thought it was funny. Uh, I like the, the Hawkinson moment with his short shorts. I think like, oh, Campbell was like yeah. And Campbell was like, oh, I think my wife has a pair. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that just shows, I, obviously it's not scripted. Like, yeah, you can't script that. I think that just shows like, can you see Patricia saying that? No. no. Like, or if you no, did think, like Hawkinson would be like, mm, that's what weird, dude. yeah. Yeah. He's just a likable guy. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's just a huge difference. He's likable. He's a, he's a former player. You can relate to, they can relate to him, not me. Um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's kind of like night and day with that. So one thing that I noticed is just a Lions fan. Um, and I'm interested to see, and I feel like we already have our answer. I mean, things can change, but I thought it was very noticeable, uh, early on because they had like a two-minute drill so that's what so they're showing the warm-ups and mm-hmm. then they got into a two-minute drill and kind of showed um the intensity of that and and, mm-hmm. and how that went but obviously very noticeable so for lions fans or for people that aren't <clears throat> lions fans um we have a new offensive coordinator this year um so anthony lynn started off the year last year then got demoted and campbell called plays um down the um a lot of that was in um 
like partnership with the tight ends coach at the time, Ben Johnson. And, um, so what I've a biggest question going into the season and he hasn't, uh, he's addressed it, but he hasn't given an answer was who's going to call plays, right? Mm-hmm. Is he, they promoted Ben Johnson off its coordinator. Um, but he hasn't said who's going to actually call plays and in that two minute drill. And then I noticed it during the, um, the preseason game at the end of the episode, uh, it wasn't Campbell, like, unless that dude's like talking out at both sides of his mouth, like he was there, especially during the two minute drill, um, hyping up the the players and getting them to go. So clearly Ben Johnson was calling the plays. So, uh, I think they've hinted at it, that it's probably, he's probably just going to let Johnson call them, but mm-hmm. those are just like a couple clues I saw. Um, yeah. And honestly, I don't care. Like if, if the right play is getting called, who yeah. cares? Like last season, towards the end of the season, it was working. Uh, but that was one of the notes I had for this for hard knocks is Ben Johnson's kind of an MIA. <laughs> they haven't talked about him. They haven't addressed yeah. it. Like yeah. they haven't even named him. No. I don't think. No. So I'm like, I had to Google what he looks like. So I'm like, I don't think oh, I've really? seen him in. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen him before, but then I was like, has he been in this show? Like, did sure. something happen? So I looked and then I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen him in the background kind of, I seen him talking with golf and whatever, but yeah, they really, I mean, they're talking more about every, literally every other coach except for him. So, and I, and I don't know if you heard, um, the, you know, 97 one talk about it cause they kind of mm-hmm. briefly talked about it, but I think it's two things. I think it's one, he's, not, he's not a former player. So, so he, yeah, he did not, to answer your question earlier, he didn't play in the league. Yeah. He played at UNC. Okay. Um, and then I think he just kind of, yeah, I think he's, he's a quarterback, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so I think that's one thing. Cause when you have a, a staff full of Mark Brunel and, and Deuce Staley sure. and Antoine yeah. Randall, kind of, kind of take the, take you the know, those names and, and they want to, as entertainment reasons, just show those guys. And two, he just might not be that like entertaining because, you Maybe. know, as, as much as hard knocks is supposed to show a lot of things and, and i'm sure they will eventually um he'll have some sort of piece on there i don't know how they can't but he's if he's not screaming at you know aaron glenn the entire episode then that's a lot less yeah i mean deuce, yeah you've got and, and AG going lining up ready to tackle ag and then you got ben johnson over there in the corner like i need you to run a, a flag route and uh can you make it quick that is yeah it's not even comparable Right. Yeah. So I, I think it, it's probably those two things. I think because he's not a former player and yeah. he's not like super rah rah. I don't know. Hopefully. I mean, I really hope that they take the time to get to know him and and because he's new on the job. Sure. He's very young. Like, um, I think they will, but I think that's probably why it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to like golf. Uh, he's this is his third hard knocks. So, yeah. you know, you get to a point where you only have so much that you can like say about him. I also wonder, um, do they have a like, can they say like, yeah, I really don't want to be in this. Or like I do that. Jamal Williams is like, yeah, bring, put me on. I, I'm not sure. I, I think they, I think they might have a say ish, but I think ultimately if you do something, yeah. you know, entertaining or crazy, like, you know, they're going to put you on have final yeah. say. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that was just kind of something I noticed. Also <laughs> the fact that uh, Campbell said he, uh, to, to Reynolds uh, after that two minute drill that he would kiss him right now if he weren't yeah. breathing so hard. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. And the fact that he calls him uh, big, smooth and serpent of death. Yeah. I, I didn't really get that. The serp- what is it? Like, why? Uh, he so he is had there some connection to a like serpent, like snake I, or I think because he slithers out of coverage. Like, okay. but yeah. nothing like blatant. No. And he has like five or six nicknames for him and it came out of like a press the reason why people know about it was it came out of a press conference before hard knocks was starting to record yeah. i remember hearing uh the beat writers being like campbell's called reynolds like six different things and they were all pretty crazy um nicknames but yeah i thought that was kind of hilarious and then getting right into nicknames so they kind of you know tease that nickname there and get right into rodrigo so oh yeah that, that was a a big thing <laughs> rodrigo He's, he's the dude. I mean, <clears throat> they really highlighted him in this episode, but I, yeah. I was pretty excited about him. He's kind of, I kind of want the same thing in a quarterback and the same thing in a linebacker. And you're, you're, you know, exactly what I'm saying. I want someone who's mobile. I don't need someone who's 270, like that can plug the run. I want somebody who can move and like track and someone who can cover 
I think he's that guy. Like he, he might not be the biggest guy, but no. he's doing all the right things. He's hitting, he's, he's shedding blocks. He is smacking people. I mean, even on special teams and you saw that uh, Atlanta game. Yeah. And I just love that they just gave him, gave him a nickname that isn't honestly really a nickname. It's just like a different name. Shortened, yeah, <laughs> Shortened like, version of Rodriguez. And they said all the players like actually think his name's Rodrigo because it's so <laughs> close to Rodriguez. So yeah. Yeah, um, I think he. I love that dude. Like he's. I hope it works out. I hope he. You know. Yeah. It seems like they're 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 making it seem like he's possibly going to be starting. But yeah, I mean, I think it's two things. With, I think the NFL nowadays is moving towards a faster linebacker. Yeah. Obviously, with Patricia and the Patriots are the only exception, and that was frustrating at times because it didn't work. Right? We had big, slow thumpers yeah. that you know could really take a a lineman on head to head versus just like you know being agile around mm-hmm. them. And and I get it, right? Like I know some people roll their eyes at a sixth round pick, and and it it does say it speaks volumes at our current linebacking room that we have to rely on what a fifth rounder and Derek Barnes and, mm-hmm. um, and a sixth rounder and Rodriguez, but I don't even know what Anceloni was. Uh, I don't even know, but he's, you know, he's a, he's probably not a starter on a super bowl team Anzalone, but he's sure. a solid vet. Um, but honestly, I don't care if, 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 if Rodriguez is good enough to play, yeah. um, uh, good enough to play, uh, as a starter. Like, I really don't care. Like, and it was interesting to see, to kind of see the behind the scenes. That's, that's the kind of content that I thought was interesting was like, uh, Calvin Shepard, like screaming at them saying, this dude's a fifth round. What would he, what, he even asked him, he said, what round were you taking? He's like fifth or sixth. I don't even remember. Yeah. And you know, honestly, they're kind of, uh, berating or kind of knocking Rodrigo down. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was trying to get the other guys into it. But like at the same time, like yeah. I get what they're doing, but it's, it's kind of interesting how they're, how they're doing it. But yeah, yeah that was, that him. was an interesting, like kind of shitting on him, but also but at the same like, time he's like, he's, him up. he's doing all the right things as right. a fifth round pick or whatever. So I get what they're doing. Sure. But maybe they, maybe they kind of talked with Rodrigo beforehand and be like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to shit on you just yeah. to get these guys going. And he's like, all right, cool. I mean, to be fair, though, if if you're looking at the hierarchy of the NFL, like if you're a vet and some of those players have been starters like Jared oh, yeah. Davis and it was a first round pick like, yeah, I mean, not only is a rookie, I think a rookie in general, unless you're like a top 10 pick is probably going to hear that. But especially if you're a sixth round pick and you're looking the best, like I get it. I mean, it probably came off a yeah. little insensitive, but clearly that wasn't what he was trying to get at. Um, I think that just shows like this isn't it's not all super polished it's it's still not behind the scenes it's not all um politically correct maybe sure um there's gonna someone's gonna be offended people get cut like they're gonna i mean it is what it is right he he was taken in that round so that's yeah. what they're saying so there's, there's nothing that's inaccurate about it it's, just, it's no. the truth i mean this guy's outperforming you he was taken super low and your job is in jeopardy you know right yeah, I, I mean, like I said, as a Lions fan, I don't care. I just want the no. best player there. And if it is a sixth round rookie, that's going to make a couple rookie mistakes. But for the most part, play well. I don't care. Just yeah. get the right person there. Um, okay. And then uh, this is probably actually something that I want to talk about a little bit more in depth because I know Detroit Sports Radio kind of um, – questioned it I so i've been listening honestly uh okay, so i they well they have a new app and you have to log in yeah okay and i have not created a login so i have not yeah. been listening so, so they, go ahead. they they had a pretty strong opinion um on, on deuce staley and deandre mm-hmm. swift and obviously i heard their opinion before i saw the episode mm-hmm. um but why don't we take a quick break and ooh, a little teaser i feel like we're on live radio mm. now Um, And I will give you my opinion and then ask for your opinion uh, when we get back. Um, But yeah, why don't we take a quick break? All right. Welcome back, everyone. Um, Okay. So before we went to break, I was talking about uh, Deuce Daly and DeAndre Swift. So a couple of times in this episode, um, Staley definitely got on Swift for, in this case, um, 
cutting runs outside and, and not going into the middle. And then kind of what I was alluding to um, with Joe was a lot of the uh, Detroit sports radio uh, thought that it was maybe uh, over the top and almost like a, a show uh, his um, frustration. Um, I, I guess, why don't, why don't I ask you, what did you, one, did you even like clock it? Did it even like register with you? Like, did it even move the needle with you? And and, and if it did, like, how did you feel about um, it in the, I believe, practice and then it happened um in the preseason game as well it definitely registered with me um he's the he's the guy we need to you know make this all work one of him and i'd say him and a quarterback whether it's golf or a future quarterback um mason rudolph <laughs> yeah uh but i think i don't i i hadn't heard that yet so because I, I haven't been listening to detroit sports radio so I was a little surprised when you just said that. I don't think I didn't take it as, you know, I thought it was authentic. I think he mentioned it in the coaches meeting. Um, he told them, he said, look, we need him to be our guy. We need him to believe in himself. I need to make him. He will believe in himself. So I, I thought it was legit, but I don't see what would make them think that rather than, I mean, rather than just, I think Deuce is an emotional guy. I think he's, yeah. you know, I think he, he is, he believes in this team. He believes in his guys. So I think that's part of it. But at the same time, I think he knows that Swift can be great. Um, and I did see, I think I saw today in the free press that they said he, his goal is a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving. So I, I had no problem with it. I don't think it was, I thought it was authentic. I don't know. So the way that they talked about it, I thought he like threw the iPad at him. Like I thought he like they thought he overreacted at him. And then when I watched it, it no. was a whole bunch of nothing. He was yelling um, on to himself on the sideline. And I mean, he was pissed, but he sure. wasn't. He didn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It was. I, let's let's put it this way. It wasn't even close to was it. Um, uh, who was it last? Aubrey. Um, what's his name? Pleasant, Aubrey Pleasant and Okuda last year. That was ten times. Oh worse. yeah, they got in the yeah. inner. Yeah, got in the, like got in his face. Was like throw, yeah, like back. yelling at him. Yeah. That was worse than this. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I was, I thought it was great because I think Deuce is spot on, and that, I, that's why I, I don't know. Maybe it was just a, a, a slow day, and they needed something to get people to call into because it was the two hosts felt that way, but the people behind the class mm. didn't, they kind of were like, you guys are being ridiculous. Um, but he's a hundred percent, right? Like Deandre Swift can be great. Like mm -hmm. he truly has the skill set to be great. And they talked about how deuce was going to push him this year to, and he gained a lot of like good weight and muscle, um, to he better to with learn, that data his right. Well, to learn the difference between playing injured and playing hurt. Yeah. And just things like that, that. was, a, that was also a headline where people kind of took right. it out of context and they said, Oh, they're trying to make him play when he's, he shouldn't be playing and he's injured and come on. So the, that's the, yeah. The thing is what, I mean, I guess you have to be a pretty big sports fan to follow things like PFF and things like that. Mm -hmm. but like the advanced stats, like Deandre Swift is terrible at running the ball inside. Like he, misses holes is as dynamic as he is on the outside and in space as a pure runner, he's actually really not that great. So I thought it was very appropriate and it was very um, like, I don't want to say heartwarming, but encouraging to me that like the coaching staff realizes that he has not even reached close yeah. to his ceiling and that he has a very, very high ceiling. I mean, he could, he could burst right through that ceiling <laughs> all, all the way through it all the way through that ceiling. So I, I honestly, I loved it. I'm glad that you're on the same board as me. Like I, I, I just love that. You could tell that Deuce Daly genuinely was, is going to push him to his limit. Yeah. And, and if it doesn't work out, then Swift just doesn't have what it takes. But I loved that he had a coach and not a dumb coach, a naive coach. Clearly Deuce yeah. Daly knows what, no, what I, the yeah. rigor is and, and knows what it is to be an NFL running back. So um, I, I personally loved it. Yeah. One of my, one of my notes I, I wrote down for the both episodes was that I love, I think deuce is like a plus, like 
I think he, I don't think, honestly, I don't think he wants to be like an OC. I don't think he wants, I think he wants to be the running back coach. He wants to be that guy. Yeah. And he's good at it. I, well, hopefully yeah. uh, he's, he's got the, the credibility. I think he's, <clears throat> I think he realizes that there's untapped potential there. Um, kind of feel bad for the other running backs, whether it be Jamal Williams or Reynolds or whoever that they're not getting the attention or that they're kind of just focusing on Swift, but that's, that's how it goes. Right. I mean, they're still getting paid. There's they're there. So. And I, I, and I think like, uh, as you can see from his reactions, like Swift's a very, very quiet guy. Yeah. And I think hard knocks is just biding their time to, to really introduce Jamal Williams to the world because he has yeah. so many layers um, to him. Uh, and I think that's going to come out um, in the next couple episodes. Let's, 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 look at it this way i could see them introducing the world to deandre swift's dad before they <laughs> actually put deandre swift on camera to talk right and which is fine like the dude's just about his business right yeah. he's just that's like, fine yeah right he's not a big personality i don't i don't need you to be a big personality yeah. like it's just be yourself and, and i did see like, he, he was quoted in that free press article i i was reading today he said you know i love deuce as a coach he is what I need. He's pushing me. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's getting on me. That's what I need. So I think it's good. He's not shutting down. He's not, you know, fighting back. He knows like it's, it is what it is. He's, you know, I think it's, I think they work well together as a coach and kind of as his, his trainer coach, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, no, I, it's good. I, I agree. It's a good relationship. So uh, I'll just ask you this question. Um, obviously they showed Barry. It was only a matter of time, mm -hmm. right? He, he, you know, he uh, works for the lions and, um, attends many events and, and all that kind of things. So my question to you is like, what, what do you remember if anything of Barry when you were a kid? Cause I'm going to be honest with you, my like early lions fandom memories don't really include him. I'm sure I watched really? games with him in it, but like, I really remember, I don't know if it was just because then, you know, I, I liked receivers and I remember Herman Moore and Charlie Moore. Like I vividly remember them. And I hmm. think Robert Porsche was probably maybe a little later. Um, hmm. I really don't have too hmm. many like uh, memories of watching Barry like live. Um, what do you remember? Do you, do you have memories of him? Yeah. So I'm kind of the opposite. I think Barry was most of it. Um, okay. I went to the game where he broke the record. Uh, I believe it was against the jets at the silver dome. I don't remember what year it was. I went with my uncle, uncle Jim. Um, and that video actually pops up every now and then on social media and I'll, I'll shoot it to him. I'll tag it, tag him or, or send it to him and say, Hey, remember this? Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. They had to stop the game multiple times because it was so loud <laughs> at the silver dome. The refs couldn't hear their own whistle. They couldn't hear the snap count. They couldn't hear anything, which I thought was crazy because it's like, I mean, I don't know. It's just unheard of to me. Like, yeah, isn't that the whole point? They want them to not be able to hear, <laughs> uh, but it was just too much. So it was, it was great. And especially looking back, knowing how bad the teams have been, I think that kind of says something like a losing team or even a team that really hadn't, I mean, this was couple years after the playoff win um i guess it was still early enough that you didn't know what was coming that it was going to be years and years and years right. before the next one but it was still people were into it people were going nuts honestly and that's what i remember is i asked my uncle i was like why why what's going on why are they stopping it and he said it's so loud they can't play they can't do anything so it was, it was pretty cool um i remember herman moore i remember porsche um but i think barry was probably the he for me he was the the guy that stood out so it wasn't it was kind of when they weren't winning or even when they were it was kind of you're just waiting for him to make that play that you could kind of go crazy over sure um, and, and you see and the I, highlights and stuff and i think a kind of a point and this might be one of the main reasons why and it's just kind of an interesting like retrospective thought and and now being a father kind of thought was like i only think i went at least that I can remember, I think I went to one game at the Silver Dome and it oh, was really? a preseason game. So maybe it was just the fact that like I remember going to like hockey games, the, the watch the Red Wings or mm -hmm. even once I start to get a little teenager uh, going to watch the Pistons. Like I remember that uh, very vividly, but I, I can remember going to, I think, only one 
Lions game at the Silverdome. So maybe it was just the fact that I wasn't going live and maybe then, you know, yeah. we were young, right? We were under 10, 10-ish, like, mm-hmm. um, just maybe that really made the difference was once I, then once I remember, like, obviously once I became a teenager, I followed it much closer, but um, yeah, maybe, maybe honestly, maybe that made the difference as a kid. Yeah, and I would kind of compare him to Megatron. It's like, right. you're, you're just, even though they're not winning or they're not, you know, they're not looking at the playoffs, they're realistically, they're, you know, they're not making any moves like that. You're just waiting for him to make the next highlight real play. That's going to be on top 10, or you're going to be talking about it with the next weeks, months, whatever. I think that's kind of what, for me, it was like, well, we're not going to win, but I'll at least see him do something special. And that was kind of what was or cool even like, it. you just never felt, especially with Megatron and, and obviously it helped that he had Stafford, but like, you never felt like the game was completely done. Like, because you knew in, in Megatron's case that like Stafford could just throw it into quadruple yeah. coverage and it could still be like caught. And with Barry, it was like you hand the ball off and you, you know, you just never really knew like it could very much result in, you know, a touchdown. Yeah. And looking back now that you say that, it's kind of cool that I have been at a few of their, not, they haven't had many, but a few of their memorable, memorable games, whether it was Barry breaking the record. Um, when Stafford got hurt on Thanksgiving, were you there with me? Yeah, on the the, the Browns game. Yep, Stafford yeah, got hurt through then came back in. That 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 highlight comes around every now and then, showing yeah. him he was what rookie or second year rookie year, I believe. Um, we went to the Seattle game where Megatron <laughs> fumbled into the end zone, and they lost that one. And got we met meet Megatron him, there. Yep. Um, I was at, actually I think uh, Adam from New Holland. Uh, him and I went to the, I believe it was Megatron's last home game with the Lions because I remember they were making a big deal out of it and uh, he was shaking everyone's hand and they kind of had the spotlight on him after the game and they yeah. didn't know what was going on. It was just kind of surreal, but um, yeah, kind of lucky enough to be go to some of those random games that meant something, which is pretty rare for, for a Lions fan. Sure. Yeah, hopefully we uh, have opportunities to to see history made in a more positive light in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, next, then the the uh, so Barry was just quick, but I just thought about that in my head about um, about my experience as a kid with Barry and wanted to know yours. But then they they transitioned to, to the Sun God to Amonra St. Mm-hmm. Brown, and I love that dude like i feel like he's our version of marshawn lynch where he is just about that business and i not love the, not the dui business not the dui business i love the fact that he knows the 16 wide receivers that were drafted uh before him um i absolutely love that i love the reason he catches 202 balls on the jug machine like I love that mentality and I don't think you can have a, a team full of those guys, but like when you have a guy that's like that, I love it. And I mean, his rookie year speaks for itself and, and, and early in training camp, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to have a slump. So, um, yeah, I think we just got to get his brother out of the, out of the North. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm tired of seeing these double jerseys of the Packers and the bears and bears. <laughs> get him out of there. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it was good. It was cool to see that they all work out together, all three of them. He, and he said they like they don't talk. We don't talk. You know, we're all business here, which I think is cool and kind of shows where he comes from. That he was all about it when he was training to to be uh, the best in the world. I mean, you just you uh, we had known because we're Lions fans that mm-hmm. his dad was Mister Universe, and we mm-hmm. had seen quick clips. Um, and before I transitioned to to Mister Brown to John Brown. Um, it's it's not hard to see now and obviously we kind of knew it be again being fans and they talked you know beat writers write about it throughout the year last year but i think the the nation kind of saw how a fourth round pick made such an impact on a crappy team especially down the stretch when he was the only healthy weapon and still was breaking records it's it's not hard to see why right that guy is just has that mindset that greatness mindset that you know normal people just don't have um and that stems from his dad and i i I loved the the training montages uh, of him and his dad i I loved obviously like i said we talked about him being you know two-time universe but he threw two noticeable shades 
in this episode. Like the first in this training was, was Kevin Durant somehow yeah. got brought up with the Achilles. Achilles. <laughs> I I loved that. Yeah. I didn't really get, I mean, I, I got it. I understood what he was saying, but it's right. like, that's just, you don't really have to name somebody to, to do that and to get that point across. To be fair. I'm not sure I know anyone else that I've seen on TV or whatever. I don't think I've ever seen legs skinnier than Kevin Durant's like the dude can do maybe a couple squats. <laughs> I mean, I get it right in basketball. You know, he obviously a shot incredible and like, <laughs> right. Um, I, I thought that was hilarious. I thought obviously him asking if we're drinking water now and, you know, spit's yeah, not good. Water's enough, good like, for you, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. You just kind of, obviously you see why I'm um, Ross St. Brown is the way he is, uh, because of his dad. But that was, that was the first notable shade, uh, that, that Mr. Brown threw, I'll, 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 I'll highlight the second one in a little bit, but I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then we kind of move into AG's speech. Um, and one of the things that I took away from that, and we kind of talked about it earlier with Deuce Daly, um, being the assistant head coach and Campbell essentially grooming him similar to how Sean Payton groomed, uh, Campbell mm-hmm. is, I mean, it's going to be a good thing if this happens. I think ultimately it's probably going to happen regardless, but I don't think these coaches are going to be in Detroit very long. I think, unfortunately, between Deuce and between AG, and then I think if AG, you know, ben Johnson leaves, even, depending on how right, it goes, yeah. I mean, he seems to be an up and coming smart guy that people really enjoy. Uh, I think these guys are all pretty destined to be head coaches eventually. Obviously, if the Lions are successful quickly, either even if they make a good leap this year, maybe not the playoffs, but close. And then next year, obviously, the following season should be playoffs or, or bust. Um, yeah. I, I yeah, I unfortunately don't think we're going to be holding on to too many of these guys. I, I well, that's they, the key. You got to win, right? Like right. when look at the Patriots. I mean, look at. Kansas City, other other teams that that do that. Uh, I mean, look at LA. Last year, they lost. Well, they lost their coordinator, but well, one of the two. But uh, it, it happens once teams get decent. I'm not saying yeah. the Lions are there, even close no. to, to that. But I think hard knocks, hard knocks is just showing that these guys know what they're doing. They have yeah. the experience, and they're likable, likable people that players want to play for. And I think that's kind of what people the league are realizing the patricias don't whether they're good on paper they're not working out because the players have to want to play for you like you know or you, you have, have to, to have success like you sure. have to be successful but it's hard to get a, get have success when they don't want to play for you sure. if you're not winning honestly i think it was it's it speaks to campbell when you're not winning you're winning three games in a season and these guys still want to play for you like Jamal Williams making that speech in episode one. Yeah. That, that that doesn't happen for guys like Patricia or no. coaches that aren't likable that they don't want to play for. So that that's yeah. half the battle. I feel like right there is X's and O's are, are one thing, but like personalities wanting to being a good person is really what it comes down to. And, and honestly, just kind of for me, like, even if like, say we're not as successful as we want to be, like, I still think some of these coaches are going to get shots just because mm-hmm. of their knowledge and the way that they do like their experience, the, the, the respect from players, uh, their playing experience. Like it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like it's awesome to see, but it's like one of those things where it's like, Oh, who's like, coming in now. Right. But the good news is Campbell put this team, those coaches together. So I do, again, we have to win. I'm not like, you know, obviously all this rah-rah stuff only gets you so far, but like, I think it's it's it stinks that if we are successful, these guys are going to get taken very very quickly. Um, and even if we uh, aren't, I think they're going to still get their opportunities. But I think it's good that at least Campbell recognized these people, right? Like he had an eye for talent and had at least a game plan and a strategy when it came to his coaching staff. And um, you know, again, you have to wins or losses. A lot of that was talent last year. Obviously, this year they're a little bit more talented, and next year they should be even more talented. Yeah. But I've got a theory for this. I think they go ahead, lose out this year. <laughs> I I would be perfectly content with that. Lose out, keep all your coaching staff. Yeah, you got a good core. Keep all your players, 
and then you grab Bryce Young. And takes then you, takes CJ Stroud, then, right? No, no. <laughs> and then you move on. So yeah, we'll see. I, I think I. I mean, I, I think we'll be a little bit too good to do that without a trade. But yeah, I saw some mocks already, early mocks that said what Kentucky quarterback, just the dude that puts mayo in his coffee. Oh, that's him. Yeah, mm, that's Levis. No, it's not gonna work. <laughs> I mean, honestly, this year's class, like, and I know those things can come and go like last year's yeah, class with Rattler was supposed to be so good. I think you feel pretty comfortable with Stroud and Young as far as like being at the I mean, top of the draft. They're the cream of the crop. They're the top. top but dogs. there are like six other guys, including Levis. Uh, Hendon, the guy in Cade Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't realize he was a four star recruit. He's not like a scrub. I mean, no, he, yeah. I mean, it's not like JJ being top two or whatever JJ was in his class. But like, you have you have um, the guy from Florida, Richardson, that needs a full season of being a starter. There, there's a handful of guys that have tantalizing like attributes, but they obviously have to have a good season. Um, but not to get too far in the weeds. What happened with this wake forest, dude? Uh, no one knows yet. I don't okay, know. It's not I don't out. know what's no, I don't yeah, know. I saw what it was, Hartman... They weren't really saying, no. and he's the one that was in QB one, right? Uh, he I was watch QB one. Okay. Yeah. Um, a couple of years. I mean, he was in high school, so it's sure. been a couple of years, but, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I watched that and he's going to be a junior this year. So I think he would be draft eligible, but it sounds mm-hmm. like that's kind of moot. Yeah. I wonder what's going on. Hopefully it's not anything serious health wise. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like it's like I mean, a it discipline could be issue. something like a like a Joe Burrow, like a appendicitis or something. Maybe who knows? Yeah. Um, Hopefully nothing yeah. serious. Yeah, like you said. Um, yeah. So the, there's a lot of quarterbacks, but yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see how this season goes. But I think there's a couple teams that are just kind of train wrecks, unfortunately, for us as far as getting a high draft pick, even if we're okay. Like, I think there's going to be a couple terrible teams, uh, one of which I think is going to be the Bears, hopefully. Um, but, okay, so the next thing they highlighted, and and this is kind of old news to us um, as Lions fans, uh, but definitely new news for everyone else was the David Blau and his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the, the, the beat writers and the Lions pretty uh, – documented pretty well uh his wife's olympic um runs was it columbia what was the country that's a good question it wasn't the US. tokyo i think it was tokyo no, no no but that's the olympics but she's not running for the u.s oh oh what she was running for you're right that's right um i can't remember that's a good i, I forgot about that because i thought it was interesting like i mean she's a u.s sit but she's not running for. yeah and i think it was because of obviously one of her parents nationalities yeah, and yeah that's yeah. why she decided to do it i don't know that it was the fact that she wouldn't have made the american team i think uh, it was more so she wanted to represent her family i might be wrong there but colombian american yeah Columbian. so she she's running for colombia um with that uh, i don't know i don't know the story i don't know exactly why but it makes me think she might not have made it for the uh the u.s team but i, I don't know i thought it was very cool um back when it happened and obviously they showed uh, the video of him watching but he really didn't that was not a plan they didn't really give context to to the hard knocks but like when Mm -hmm. he was watching obviously Campbell because of the time difference where the Olympics were uh, it was going to be during practice and Campbell's like no big deal like of course go watch your wife but what wasn't planned was the people that were in the room with him like it was Mm -hmm. he was excused from whatever film session or practice that he was going to be a part of but like um campbell and the other coaches and uh whatever players were in there to to watch and support him and her that was definitely not what he was expecting and he kind of talked about it uh, you know she did she did too she even said she's like i've never met some of these people like i think even campbell she hadn't met before so she was it was cool to see them so interested and so supportive of her her uh efforts there yeah and that again that just kind of shows you the kind of person he is and that was last year right that wasn't hard knocks like that was just video footage Mm -hmm. that they reuse so it wasn't him putting on a show uh for everyone that was genuinely him caring about the third string quarterback as a person and again i just think that goes so far in a locker room um you know it's genuinely he cares and and 
those are reasons why the players believe he care about that he cares about them um and then uh we're kind of buttoning into the end of the episode to the preseason game um the only other thing i noted prior to the preseason game actually starting was um his campbell speech uh, before the game. And I thought the one thing that really stood out to me was that don't disrespect your teammates. Um, you know, the fact that he was like, I don't care if you're done. I, you know, you do not sit there and interact with the, the fans. Don't, don't joke around. Like you have guys here, you know, your teammates, uh, most of those guys that aren't even going to make the 53 man roster, but the fact that he still harped on like, don't disrespect them. Like, be a good teammate regardless. Um, again, like I, I, I thought that was something that I'm sure most coaches don't say and don't care. Right. But that just kind of shows uh, his mindset. And I, I thought it was good. Yeah, no, I think, I think that just shows who he is as a person. He's, he's a people person and it doesn't, doesn't take a coach. It doesn't take a really any kind of uh, job or, or experience to to be a good person i think that's kind of what we're getting at with this whole uh, assessment of campbell i think he's he's a good dude yeah um yeah and then transitioning into the preseason game um uh, we obviously already talked about it a little earlier about deuce uh getting on swift uh for not hitting the holes and then even when he scored the touchdown uh which i i think was a teachable moment for for deuce even though like i think the right move was to bounce it out clearly but um again like i i didn't think it was over the top the way he talked to him the way he like said coach me like showed him looked like swift kind of knew what he was talking about i think in a a couple of runs before the touchdown run um i know the timing of how they kind of cut the film and everything and and displayed it on hard knocks um was uh, you know maybe a little confusing but I'm not I sure that though was because great. there's only they only played like a series or two, right? Just At least one. most, yeah, yeah. So it's just I don't one. think they had too much room to work with to cut and and paste, you know. I think it was like the the they had the first two runs of his, and mm-hmm. then the third one I think was a touchdown. And I think when they showed, I, and I might be misremembering, but I think when they showed him like Teaching coaching him. him up, I think it was, it was before. Right. And it was, uh, I, I but I think it was the first run and it wasn't necessarily the second su- successful gotcha. run. And it clearly yeah, wasn't it's a little bit of editing magic. Yeah. But I think the bottom line is, like I said, Swift truly is still learning how to run like vision wise, especially inside. So I just, I appreciated the fact that they've clearly recognized that even yeah. though they haven't addressed the overall context um and i love that he's pushing him even though it was successful like honestly like i don't want to get too crazy here but he has a skill set of like a kamara like he can really make that type of impact he can stay he, healthy yeah right if he can stay healthy and if he you know can continue to grow speaking um, of his health did you see when so when deuce was lighting into him on the sideline there during that game catch anything in the background I, I did not. Our boy Billy Langston. Did he? I making, was. Yeah. I was. I he had I was, water. He was, he's. He had water or something. He was. He walked by in the background. He kind of paused right there and Deuce see? is like lighting into Swift. And I'm like, oh, there's Billy, and like kind of blacked out for a minute. Uh, pretty cool to see though. He did this. Like I told you, or I, I, I think I might have texted you, mm-hmm. but I explained it more to Mike. Was like in the first episode, it was him just walking across the field, and it was like a, the the um, narrator was talking. So yeah, so I, he I definitely his, was like smiling, like you knew, you knew he knew he was. I saw it on his Instagram. He, some people had posted it, and he reposted it. So I saw after that, I saw that he had acknowledged it. But yeah, this was a little bit different clip. He was in the background on the sideline when Deuce was lighting into to Swift. So it was kind of like an awkward, like, hey, this dude's getting, you know, chewed out here or like coached, coached sure. up. And then Billy's in the background <laughs> who needs some water. So I think what we're going to have to do now is we're going to have to have like a, a Billy Langston, a B Lang, um, like a spotlight. Like we're going to have to 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 keep our eye out for him. Yeah. And all these other episodes. Yeah, we're. Uh, I was just actually talking to Anna. I want to try and get up for a game this fall. So if you guys are interested, maybe we can uh, grab a beer with him afterwards and get his pick his mind on it. Oh, yeah, I guess thought I of didn't hard even think about that. Um, yeah, definitely. 
Uh, and the, 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 this kind of leads into the second shade from John Brown, um, from, from Papa Brown was Mm -hmm. his comments about the Hutchinson family and how he was saying, um, he made a comment about, oh yeah, Hutchinson. And, and, you know, you heard about his, and he says this, like, he's like, oh yeah, his, his, because of his, uh, signing bonus, like they're up in the suites, ain't sitting down. Oh yeah. And I just thought I was like, damn guy, like just kind of throwing that. No, it wasn't like a real shade, but it was just kind of funny how he was like, yeah, that Hutchinson family and uh, they ain't sitting down here with us people. Like, you know, they're up, they're up in that press box. Cause that signing bonus. Yeah. I, I also, uh, speaking of that, I think I, I caught a few minutes of your guys, uh, the last episode that I wasn't able to, I wasn't available for and his dad. So you guys were talking about his house, um, his family. So his dad went to Michigan. He played at Michigan. He didn't play in the NFL. As far as I know, he became a doctor. So he's oh. like a surge, like a, I want to say like he delivered actually, yeah, he delivered Aiden. Oh, so he's a doctor. Wow. So he went from Michigan, uh, playing to become a, do- he went back to school, became a doctor. So, yeah. um, not to be confused. He's not, uh, I mean, his, his dad's not like straight NFL money. He, sure. he worked for it. So a little, a little bit different career type, but pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I also kind of love Hutch's uh, Michael uh, Jackson, Sully. A little I, kick. I, I kind of, I hope that sticks. Um, you know, obviously uh, a lot of those, uh, you know, big time DNs when they get a sack or something or a tackle for a loss, they have something. Um, I don't mind it. I don't want him to like pull something trying to, <laughs> trying to do that. Kick, style. Yeah, Jeez. exactly. Um, also, I love that John Brown loved Rodrigo. He, uh, co- you know, Papa Brown shouted out the the sixth round pick. Um, yeah, when he made made a move there, so I appreciated that. Um, I also loved uh, the comment, "fucking funches bunches of oats." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope he makes it. Like, I mean, he's a Michigan guy too. Yeah. Um, I I think he he has been doing some damage. I don't think he's been as great from what I read in Indy for this week. I saw he had a couple drops or something, yeah. maybe a fumble. Uh, and I think he hurt his shoulder, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I guess they'll, they'll make the determination if he's, uh, he's, he's not a standard tight end, but no, maybe it'll work. Tweener. Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, and then really, you know, you, you roll credits there and we got a little bit of uh, a Bo Fraley, Hank Fraley's uh, son, the offensive line coach. So we got more of this kid giving <laughs> shit to, uh, who was it? Uh, TB12. Yeah. yeah. Giving shit to Tim him Boyle. on, on um, ping pong and yeah. whatever else. But we still haven't met Ben Johnson, the OC. <laughs> no. Or like, Jared Goff, really. Again, like I understand yeah. the golf thing, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I thought was like, that was who hilarious. is this little kid? And then I realized like, oh, he's he's there with a uh, nice Bronco too, by the way. Oh, I know. And and the fact that um, what what TB12 said, who's your daddy in ping yeah. pong? Like, I, I, I love that. I love the yeah, competition. Good. That'll there. be an interesting uh, how that plays out too, because obviously Blau uh, had the fumble in the preseason game that and from what i read in the in the paper today actually or maybe a couple days ago that i hate to say it, but that could cost him it could cost it, him his job it could and i and i know we're gonna have episodes where you you know they're gonna have them have to go through cuts and yeah, talk about sure. it but i appreciated them showing that and just kind of showing like the negative side of the, the sport and, and how he took it in stride. His wife understood like yeah, it wasn't it any like shade towards the coaching staff, but yeah, they just kind of I mean, know they what didn't, the they didn't fumble is. it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, I appreciated like his maturity because you can easily like no, be pissy about dude. things like that. But um, yeah, no, I appreciated them showing that aspect, which kind of sucks because no, they're, you, know, they're you good root people. for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got one more question for you. Sure. So going forward, you've seen a couple episodes now. We're getting closer to this a couple weeks away from the regular season. Yeah. I know you're due for a jersey. Uh, What's the plan? I think I'm going to hold out. I really think they're going to change their jerseys uh, next year. They've kind of, they haven't really given any indication, although they've these talked or Grodwood has talked about the fact that they are eligible and they've thought Mm -hmm. about it. I think I mean, all these new helmets and stuff coming out too. Like that's got to factor in all these, what was it like 10 or 12 teams have these alternate helmets that are sick. And then we're stuck with not that they're bad, but no, we have got nothing. And the only thing we have is the Thanksgiving Jersey, which I love. 
I think I'm going to wait one more year and, and, and it's really waiting more so for if they're going to change it, uh, the style. Um, I I don't know. I think uh, ideally, I think I might just go, hopefully they mend defenses enough to be able to do like a Kelvin throwback. Hmm. Um, again, like obviously Barry, but like I mentioned to you, I don't really have too many fond memories of him. So probably Kelvin, as far as like current players, I mean, I can't wait to watch JMO play, and I yeah. might, I might even consider Hutchinson Ooh. if he ends up being, if he ends up being the guy we all hope he is. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll put my Michigan State Michigan rivalry aside um, because you know, obviously, he's now a lion. So we'll see. I, he's going to need to have an impactful season for me sure. to consider that. But yeah, that's kind of where I am. Be, I'm not, I'm not counting it out. I'm between Hutchinson and, and uh, JMO, but yeah, you, I mean, we got to see them both play. One of them hasn't even touched, touched uh, the grass yet. Yeah, so. I know. Well, I mean, really, you can just put a piece of tape on one of your jerseys for JMO, yeah, right? right? Good. <laughs> the number nine. And that's the one I would get is the one I already have, which is the throwback Thanksgiving yeah. uh, solid <laughs> blue and silver. I don't know. We'll see. But it's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I, might think about getting one this year and then if they do change then i guess i'll have to get another one yeah um and last thing really quick uh they they ended the episode with fucking cliff kingsbury and the most like awkward clearly planned like prison that he's in like what the hell's up with that office like there's nothing on the wall yeah he has a beautiful house that looks like it's out of cribs and he's stuck in this like concrete office looking clearly not actually looking at film <laughs> i thought that was such like a weird little teaser for that, and and obviously we're a little biased but i think that'll be interesting with kyler getting his new contract and hopkins being suspended all the, cl- and all the clauses all for kyler and the fact that yeah. kingsbury made him call plays through the helmet because kyler was getting pissy with going Cliff. rogue yeah I, and you got jj watt like fighting yeah. snakes and all kinds <laughs> of stuff yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, follow us on Instagram at whiskers.whiskies and please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, so just join us next week as we uh, tackle episode three and stay tuned uh, tomorrow for Mike's next preview of uh, a conference. Honestly, I don't know what conference he's going to do. I don't know where he currently is. I think he'll have a shirt on this time. Maybe he won't. Hopefully not. Um, uh, Hopefully not. Uh, But yeah, so stay tuned to episode three next week and football season's almost here. But uh, yeah, so I'm EJ uh, for, or sorry, for Joe. I'm EJ. As always, remember, too much of anything is bad, but too much good whiskey is barely enough. Cheers, boys. Cheers.